Recorded live on the third largest moon in our solar system, Callisto. He's the current reigning podcasting champion of the world. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again. Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week... It's not going to get a bit, it's going to get a bunch better because we are going to take an in-depth look at one of my favorite Atari 2600 games of all the times, Decathlon by Activision. We got a VHS review of Run DMC's epic flick, Tougher Than Leather, and not only that, we got a bunch of other cool things in there as well. So, DJ Bot, it's time. Let's get going. Kick it. Yes, sir. Consider it kicked. And Atari will send you any one of these great games free. Yo, I see robots. These fools be riding the Zack. Let's get stupid. Get stupid? That's what I do best. I do it here each and every week. So what I got for you guys today during story time is the story of my greatest athletic achievement of all the times. I gotta fill in some back details first. There is a tradition in the world of professional wrestling that when somebody tries out to be a new wrestler, they will beat them up. The existing wrestlers will kind of give them a beating to make sure that they are tough enough to make it in the business. If they happen to scare the dude off, that's good too because that dude will go out there and tell everybody how tough the wrestlers are in real life. So when I decided to try out for the wrestling team in junior high, I received the same treatment from my coach, Mr. Ken Guido. That is his real name. He's still a PE teacher over at Rincon Valley Junior High, where I went. But at the time, he was only the wrestling coach, I believe. I do not believe he had crossed over into the world of full-time teaching quite yet. At that time, I was, I still am, a giant WWF fan. So I decided it might be pretty cool to try out for the wrestling team, not really knowing what wrestling was. But I did manage to convince one of my friends, this dude named Breck, to come along with me to try out for the team. Breck was kind of a hippie kid. It's pretty common around here to have hippie parents and to be raised with hippie values. And this dude, Breck, was one of those guys. He was cool and he was really extra cool for coming and trying out with me because he really had no reason to do that. He had zero interest in wrestling, zero interest in being on the team, and even zero interest in the WWF or any kind of like wrestling related activities. So we showed up after school. This was the inaugural tryout for seventh graders. This was for dudes who had not been on the team before or had any kind of experience in the world of grappling. Coach Guido lined us up by size and ran us through some kind of fitness drills, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, that kind of thing, to get an idea of where we were before moving into, like, live-action sparring. So dudes are rolling around doing wrestling, and Brett got bored and hollered out from the back of the room, hey, let's do some tag teams. Ken Guido heard him and was like, oh, you guys want to do tag teams? Get up here. Who said that? So Brett gets up there, 
And Coach Guido knew that me and him were buddies in real life because we were always goofing around during gym class. So he pulled me out of the crowd, too, to be Breck's partner. I'm thinking, this is great. This is going to be super fun. We're going to do some double drop kicks. We're going to do the doomsday device. We are going to have a great time. But you can figure out it was too good to be true because who did he pick to be our opponent? This guy Robin and this guy Doug, who were two of the better dudes on the wrestling team already and two other dudes who were the toughest dudes in the school. I thought that we were going to be the Road Warriors, but it wasn't true. We were the Mulkey Brothers. Look it up, Mulkey Brothers. Anyway, and I was chosen to start the tag team match. I don't know if I was going against Robin or Doug. My memory fails me, but whichever one it was beat the tar out of me. The match was going to be till 10 points, and they put up like eight of these points on me right from the start. It was a massacre. They were getting the heat on me. I was the Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. After Coach Guido got sick of watching me get whooped on for a while, he insisted that we tag. So he wanted to see Breck also get whipped on. But while Breck was a hippie, he was a great athlete and he took it to the other dude. He took it to Robin or Doug. It was fantastic. He took him down. He held him down. He did all kinds of stuff. It was great. Even though it wasn't me, it was great to watch my friend whip on somebody who was on the wrestling team. He got it to nine points. He got it to where we were going to win when Coach Guido insisted on another tag. This was such a setup. I got tagged back into the match and we're going at it. Dude got a takedown on me, so it's 9-9. He's on top of me when, miracle of all miracles, I escaped. One point for the escape. We won. It was great. I will remember this till the day I die. Coach Guido wasn't with it though. Whereas he could have congratulated us on a great victory. He was like, huh, sometimes things happen, I guess, in the world of wrestling. And we went back to the practice. I didn't get asked to join the team. I didn't make it. They did ask Breck. He said no because he's a hippie dude. He wanted nothing to do with it. But it was still nice. We won. It's always nice to win. All right, DJ Bot, drop the needle on the wax. Okay. Dropping it now, sir. Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is cold Medina. Come on, kick it. Yo, fool, sit down and buckle up for At The Movies with Icy Robots, VHS edition. <laughs> The setup. The showdown. Run DMC is tougher than leather for New Line Cinema. Before we get too far into this review, I have to point out two very important facts. I am a gigantic fan of Run DMC, and I am also a gigantic fan of exploitation movies. So with that being said, I gotta say, I love this movie. I have not seen it in years, and I want to say it is just to me a great taste of what 1988 was all about as far as, uh, the rap world goes. This is one of the tapes that I picked up at the Bayes Rinkin video closure. The movie, for whatever reason, was never made available on DVD 
It only played in the theaters for a little bit, so it is a bit hard to find. I'm sure that you can find it online to watch on YouTube or Vimeo or one of these other kind of places where people upload weird old movies from back in the day. And if you got a couple minutes to do so, I would suggest that you do it because the movie is pretty neat. It came out in 1988, like I said a minute ago. It was produced and written and also directed by Rick Rubin and it stars Run DMC. I mean, what's better than that? How could you have a better movie than that? It is produced and directed by super music producer Rick Rubin and it stars like the coolest rap group of all the times. Run DMC. That's a pretty serious formula for success. The basic idea is that one of Run DMC's associates, Runny Ray, is murdered. The police don't want to help get to the bottom of it, so what do they do? They take the law into their own hands and try to solve the case, getting justice for their homeboy, Runny Ray. This is a pretty common topic in these sort of exploitation movies. The idea that the man's not there to help you and that you have to help yourself. So... They follow that formula and they do it like you would do in an exploitation movie. The film is just full of weird camera work. The kind of weird camera work you get from somebody who just does not have the kind of experience necessary to shoot a feature film. But I like that. I like the raw, weird look of this movie. And I can't recommend it high enough, honestly. I think that you need to see it now if you haven't already. And there is a small chance that you haven't seen it yet. I mean... I know a lot of people who know of the movie, but have not actually viewed it themselves. So if you're one of those people, rush out right now and go see Run DMC, Tougher Than Leather, ISR, 10 thumbs up. Get ready for the Retro Marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. Decathlon by Activision. What? A video game? Huh? Generally, I try to stay away from video game topics. That is the retro junkie claim to fame video games. And well, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to cover anything anyone else has covered. Plus, I dig having my own niche as the toy guy. So I tend to stay away from games, especially Atari 2600 games. That's, you know, that's Ferg's whole thing. And I don't want to get accused of gimmick infringement. But I did go out there and get his permission to talk about this. So we're going to get a bit of Atari talk today. But on the real tip, I am not much of a video game. I do have a PlayStation 2 hooked up to my TV, but I never play anything with it, and to be honest, my home video gaming stopped at the NES, but back in the day of the 2600, I did get down on it a bit, and I am going to tell you the tale of my greatest Atari 2600, the day I kicked butt at Decathlon. Now, as we have covered earlier, I am not much of a video gamer. I don't really get the whole video game scene. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like video games, and I don't hold it against people who enjoy them, but I do not understand the scene overall. I guess it's just not my thing. The whole home gaming thing is just not for me. I I spend my time hunting for toys. I spend my time going from toy store to toy store. So I understand people who have weird hobbies and I don't hold anybody's weird hobby against them. But I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't get the whole video game deal. I can't sit around the house and play things like that. I, I, I do other things. You know, I work on the website or I record shows. I... If I spent a lot of time playing games, I would feel like it was time wasted, and I prefer to waste my time in other ways. So for me, it would be like, 
a double time waster. Double time wasted. But if you're into it, that's cool, man. Whatever makes you happy. I don't hold anything against anybody. And whatever makes you happy and whatever helps you get through the day, more power to you, ultimately. I take pictures of my toys as a hobby. So, hey, man, more power to you, right? Am I right? More power to you. I am just trying to use this as a way to illustrate that when I'm successful at video games, it's not the norm. I pretty much stink. I don't stink. I do not stink, but I am not the kind of dude who finishes games or is very, very high achieving. You know what I mean? Just, just an average run-of-the-mill kind of video game sort of dude. But there was one day when I was in the fifth grade that I did incredibly well at a game of Decathlon. Here's the story. One day on the way home from school, I bumped into this dude, David. And this dude, David, was one of the cooler guys in my school. But he wasn't cool because he was a creep or because he was a bully. He was cool because he was pretty much like a really nice, friendly, laid-back, cool kind of cat. At the time, I was neither cool nor uncool. I was just there. So when David came up to me and he was like, Hey, man, what are you doing? You know, do you want to do something? It was a shock. It wasn't an overly overwhelming shock, but it was... It was enough of a shock to, um, to make me really want to make it happen, you know. I saw this as a way to hang out with somebody cool and how it might help my stature. So, I was pretty excited to hang out with him. And when he suggested to come over to my house and play some Atari, well, you know, I, I was all over it. It was going to be a really cool, really great moment in my life. And, you know, it did turn out to be a really cool moment. He came over. My mom made snacks. We had some cookies or something. You know, I don't think we had cookies because I don't think the ready-made cookie log had been invented yet. But we did have something. Maybe we had uh, small bags of Doritos. That's a pretty popular snack, the, the sandwich size uh, Dorito bag. I remember there was this one period of time when all the cool kids at school were eating Doritos and pickles. That was like the cool lunch. If you had only a pickle and only a Dorito, you were cool. Not, not only a Dorito, only a bag of Doritos. Pickles and Doritos. I'm gonna say this was during the pickles and Doritos era, so that is what we had for a snack. And after we macked on our kosher dills, we headed up to the room to play some Atari, and the game he picked was Decathlon. Decathlon wasn't one of my greater games, but I was okay at it. I was decent. I would be like a silver medalist. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't Bruce Jenner, but I was below that. I'm the dude who Bruce Jenner beat. And you know what my best game was, it was actually E.T. That was the one game that I could always beat, and I, I think it's weird when I hear all these tales of how this was the worst game of all the times. Well, it wasn't great, but it was my favorite, so it has a place in my heart that elevates it below the bottom rung of the Atari game ladder. When me and David headed up to the room, what happened was I had a joystick malfunction. For whatever reason, the normal Atari 2600 joystick didn't work, but I did have a, I had a flight simulator style joystick, and I decided, well, gotta do it, so we decided to use that for decathlon, right? The gimmick with decathlon was that you would move the joystick side to side, and the quicker you would move it, the quicker your athlete would run across the screen. Well, I figured out a deal where I could, like, hold the flight simulator by the corner and shake it rapidly side by side and I would move incredibly fast and that's what I did and I gold medaled in every event but here's where it gets cool we got to the pole vault and the pole vault was one of the ones I was actually decent at right now if my memory serves what happens was you would shake the joystick to get you going down the uh down the track and as you got near the hole you would stick your finger on the button push it 
put your pole into the ground, and then you would start going up. And as you went up, you continue to move the joystick to propel yourself at a quicker rate, increasing your chances to go at a higher elevation. I don't know. That might be wrong, but what happened was I was going so fast that I made it past seven. And when you got past seven, what happened to me, and I don't know if this is the exact number, I am doing this all by memory. What would happen was the pole would start off really short. Not the pole that you would vault with. What I mean is the pole that you would go over. It would start off really low, and when you got up in the air, it would increase and try to knock you down. I made it over once. I made it over twice. I got like eight something. Now, I don't know if this is all correct, but I do remember how weird it was the pole would start low and then rise. It was very strange. I don't know if it's a glitch. I don't know if this is something that happens. I didn't look into it that much, but it was like the coolest thing ever because I had one of the coolest guys in school seeing this crazy thing happen and seeing me excel in a video game where no one that we knew at least, had ever excelled before. I took a pause there and I checked into it. It turns out this is a normal bug in the game, but this was the time when there wasn't an internet. There wasn't that kind of thing where you could go and uh, discover bugs. So discovering one with the coolest guy in the school there with me, it was fantastic. He went to school the next day and he told everybody what happened. He told them how good I was. He told the story. So like, this got my rep going a bit. I wasn't a superstar. I wasn't super cool. But for a period of time, people were talking about good old Icy Robots and how good he was at Decathlon. Okie doke, let's dig around in the file here and see what we can find as far as a Decathlon commercial. I know I have one somewhere on one of these tapes. Oh, here it is. Let's pop it in. Decathlon commercial number one. Division Decathlon by David Crane. How fast is fast? Ten events designed to challenge the limits of your ability. How great is great? I never thought I would experience the challenge of the Decathlon again. I was wrong. For your Atari 2600, the Activision Decathlon, let the games begin. Decathlon was released by Activision March 18th, 1983. It was designed by David Crane, who you might know from such famous Atari games like Outlaw, Dragster, and then later for Activision, Fishing Derby, Laser Blast, Freeway, and, well, you know, Decathlon. The dude David Crane has been in it forever. He did Outlaw in 1978. That's way back in the day. That's like being in the wheel business since, like, the first caveman designed one way back in, uh, 01, uh, BC or whenever. You know, that's just a guess, though. I have no idea when the first wheel was invented. It might have been before that, might be after that, might be, you know, 250 years ago, for all I know. I'm not an expert on the wheel. I am not an expert on much of anything, to be honest with you. The video game is based on the combined sporting event known as, well, the Decathlon. The Decathlon is a track and field event where you take 10 different individual sports and combine them together. The winner of the Decathlon is widely considered to be the greatest athlete in the world due to the difficulty in mastering 10 different events, many of which involve completely disparate skills. Computer, boot up that list of decathlon events for you, could you please? Roger that, sir. Here you go. Thanks a bunch. Okay, now I am going to do what I do best, and what I do best is read a list. Okay, so here we go. We got the 100 meter dash, the long jump, the shot put, the high jump, the 400 meter race, the 110 meter hurdles, discus throw, the pole vault, the javelin throw, and the incredibly, incredibly arduous 1500 meter race. Ugh. 
I get a sweat just thinking about it now. That 1500 meter race was so hard. Oh my god. When I was a kid and I was doing this, it seemed like it would take forever. This was the final event that you would face in the decathlon. And it was the ultimate test of endurance. You were just moving that joystick back and forth. It seemed like hours to a kid. I don't know how long it was in real life, but man, it seemingly took forever. And often by the end of it, my forehead was covered in sweat. I wasn't a big jock or anything, so it wasn't uncommon for my head to get covered in sweat. But it usually didn't happen when I was playing a video game. We kind of had a rule at my house. When we were going to play decathlon, we would go and decide that whoever was ahead at the point of the marathon was the winner, and you didn't have to go all the way through the marathon and do it. Unless, unless somebody challenged you, in which case you did. Now, that didn't happen too often because most people didn't want to do it, but every once in a while, somebody would decide to pull it and go like, we got to do the marathon. And what I did see happen a lot was the first person would do the marathon and then just drop the controller and say, man, you win. And then you, uh, you appeared to be a total doofus covered in sweat while the other guy was, you know, walking away from something that he didn't care about and that he tricked you into doing. So we did evolve. And, uh, if you wanted to challenge somebody to the marathon, you had to go first. At that point, the marathon became something that hardly ever got finished at my house. I have since learned that you could plug in the paddles, grab one in each hand, and hit the buttons, and you will run much quicker than if you were shaking the joystick side to side. I didn't know that. Like I said, there was no internet, so nobody knew any of these things. I guess maybe I could have tried it, but why would you try that? Why would you plug in the paddles during a joystick game? That's just too wild, man. That's just too much out of the box for my young brain. Was this something that was widely known at the time? One of you Atari nerds let me know at IC Robots on Twitter. I am curious, was this something that everybody knew except for me? It couldn't have been only me because I did have people over and we did play this game and nobody ever suggested that we try the paddles. So, I don't know. It's probably something that was discovered later, but what do I know? I am not an Atari expert. Hey, Ferg. Hey, Ferg, if you are listening right now, hit us up on Twitter at IC Robots and let us know if this, this hack, if this hack was something that people were doing, everyone except for me and my homies. You guys know who Ferg is, right? I keep referencing him, but you know who he is, right? He's a fellow retro junkie of mine, and he is the biggest Atari expert that I know. He does the Atari 2600 game-by-game podcast, which if you're not listening to, you probably should if you are into Atari, but I imagine if you're into Atari, you are probably already listening. Anyhow, Ferg, holler at me, dog. Holler at us soon. Okay, let's uh, let's talk a bit more uh, Activision decathlon facts. Activision had this gimmick going where if you scored super high on a game, you could take a picture of the screen, send it in, and get a patch commemorating your achievement. I never had one. I never did, never, ever even got to send it in. My parents had a camera but they wouldn't let me use it. If you recall at the time, developing fees were like crazy expensive. And when I say crazy expensive, I mean like 12, 12 to 15 bucks, which is, you know, that's a lot to spend to take a bunch of pictures off your TV screen. And I probably would have foobarred it anyway. I remember one time I tried to take some pictures of the A-Team and I used the flash. I used the flash and then I remember I took a whole roll of pictures and put them in with my family's pictures and they came back and well, 
you couldn't see anything except a bright light. It looked like somebody had died, brought their camera with them, and was trying to get a picture of the afterlife. Nothing clear came from it, and... I would have done the same thing because everybody uses a flash for everything because nobody knew nothing about photography. I don't think anybody knew anything really that much about photography until they had camera phones and you were free to practice and experiment as you saw fit. Irregardless, even though I did score the mandated 10,000 points for a gold medal, let's see, it was 10,000 for a gold, 9,000 for a silver, and 8,600 for a bronze. And even though I am a gold medal level competitor at Decathlon, due to the inability to photograph off a TV screen or the inability to actually get a hold of a camera when I needed it, I never got it. Alright guys, let's uh, let's dig through the VHS cassette pile here and see what we can find about Activision. Hold on. I think I have a, I have a promo tape where they talk about some behind the scenes Activision stuff. Hold on, let me see if I can find it here. One. Okay, here it is. Let me pop it in. Alright, we'll be back in a sec after these messages. was a year of explosive growth for the video game industry as a whole and for one company in particular Activision bringing you the most creative and original home video games with extraordinary graphics exciting sound and incredibly realistic action just what you've come to expect from Activision here's why what I really try to do in my video games is to bring the player onto the screen to put him into the game have him experience the thrill of the sport or the challenge make them feel like they're part of the game that they're in the game make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not so retro junk he won't be sorry for long all right, dudes, thanks for sticking with us through the commercial break. This is the point of the Retro Toy Marketplace where we tell you what it's going to cost to get this item back into your retro collection of stuff. So basically, it's not going to cost a whole lot. I'm flipping through the completed auctions here on eBay, and I can see that somebody sold a factory-sealed copy of Decathlon for only $9.95 with $2.99 shipping. That's not a lot, and it still has the original wrapper on it. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, opened one here at $2.99. Nobody bought it. $2.49. Nobody bought it. Here is another one. $3.99. Nobody is buying them without the packaging. I guess this probably with like ROMs and ports and all these other weird things. I hardly know what they are. Maybe dudes don't want the loose cartridges. Maybe they just want the ones in the boxes or the factory sealed ones to put into their uh, video game collection. Oh, here is something a bit unique. Somebody is selling a prototype of the game. That, well, they sold a prototype of the game that they said they picked up at an estate sale for a whopping 112 bucks. I have never got into prototypes. I can kind of see the appeal of owning something rare, but it, it just doesn't appeal to me that much. And uh, in, in looking for the patches for the games, the only ones I see available are bronze, and they seem to be going for about 19 bucks. I've seen maybe three of them go for sale here. No golds, no silvers. Maybe people who won them are just proud, and they're holding onto them. I would really like one. I don't know how much I would pay... Not all that much, but it would be kind of a neat item to have. All right, we're going to move out of the retro toy marketplace into the final chamber of the show. The Toys R Us report itself. You've made it this far. It's time. 
the final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, my dudes, thanks for making it this far. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. But before we get too far into this, I got to talk to you about something serious. I take that back. It's not too serious. What you want to do is you want to hop over to supportthereport.com, supportthereport.com. We are doing a small little funding thing through Patreon where hopefully if you guys get even the smallest amount of enjoyment out of each and every episode... You can donate anything you can spare to help us upgrade our server package. Right now, we are at the point where we can do about a half an hour a week, but sometimes, well, sometimes I feel as if these topics deserve more than that, and sometimes I want to do breaking news reports, but we don't have the space to where we can do it. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you guys can help out a bit with anything. Any bit helps. The gimmick over at Patreon is that people become patrons. They become patron supporters of the show And they promise to donate a small amount for every episode. It can be anything. It can be a quarter. It can be 50 cents. It can be super generous and be a dollar. It comes directly out of your PayPal every time a new episode is posted. And I got to tell you, you won't feel a quarter at a time. But if everybody, if even half the people who listen to the show pledge 25 cents per episode, we would be in the financial awesomeness. We would be able to do a super package. We'd be able to do more shows. More frequent shows, more breaking news audios, all that fun stuff you enjoy. So think about it. Consider it. Think about what a quarter can do for us over here at the IC Robots Command Center and how little it does for you. Anyway, supportthereport.com. At least promise me that you'll go take a peek. Supportthereport.com. At any rate, it is another slow week over at the Toys R Us. They have still not stocked any of the new Star Wars Rebels. I still don't see any of the Sabines any of the Darth Vaders, any of the new figures that have come out. I was able to find them at Kohl's, you know that, but they don't have them over at the Toys R Us. That's kind of weird. Kind of a bummer. I think that they need to do a little more stocking of the cool stuff than they do now. But it is a big store with a lot of different things, and while they might not be stocking the action figures, maybe they are stocking some of the other stuff like diapers or baby shirts or onesies. I don't know, bicycles, bike inner tubes, or maybe uh, bicycle pumps. (laughs) They carry everything over there. Maybe they spend their time stocking the candy instead of stocking the Star Wars Rebels and the Marvel Legends. I do not know. At any rate, my dudes, we're running out of time. We gotta head off into the sunset. Gotta go do some other fun things out there in the universe. Besides toy hunting, I know I don't do a whole bunch of that stuff, but maybe I will go take the good old Ursa for a walk. Maybe take Dr. Jones, our new dog, for a walk with her. Anyway, guys, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun to produce these shows for you. This is Icy Robot signing off, episode number 32. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.